Zion was out in the cold uh, in the wind. But Bethel opened up their doors to let us come in to worship while our furnace was out. And you know, we was in a harsh wind. It was below zero every day for a week. And they allowed us to come. Um, we displaced them a little bit. <laughs> but they were patient with us. Uh, and I appreciate that. Zion can never uh, repay uh, for what you have to do. So how to you got shown to us. And, and this fellowship has continued on as Bethel's pastor, Pastor Tyson Parson, want to come. A great servant in the community as he's a great under-shepherd and leader of this church, but also he volunteers his time as concerned for our community as a, as a chaplain in our Peoria Police Department. But also he's not just active there, but active wherever there's need within the community. Him and I talk often and pray often about our community because we want to see healing and restoration. And so we want uh, to be leaders in that position, knowing that we have to put ourselves in a position. He's taking that full step. Um, by being there as a first responder, meeting the crisis and the situations happen in our community, he's only he's available for them uh, to pray through those families, minister to those families, and also continue to be faithful servant uh, to his church and to our community. Amen. So, absolutely, the great leadership of worship of Bethany Methodist Church. Pastor Parson going to come in his own way. I mean, he got say Zion, say preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word. Oh, 
you know that Jesus is the source of our strength. Trials and tribulations on every hand. But he is the source of our strength. Every good and perfect thing comes from the Lord. He has been better to us than we have been to ourselves. And I don't mind calling on Jesus. Because he can be a very present help in the time of trouble and tribulation. He's been good down through the years. And I am just grateful and humbled by this friendship, this fellowship that 
Zion has with Bethel, it always overlaps anyway. The common denominator being that heritage ensemble and just being friends and brothers down through the years. There are relationships with the United Usher Boy. We family. And you know, the Bible tells us how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, relatives to dwell in unity. Well, let me tell you something. We sacred siblings. Amen. If the Jesus in me loves the Jesus in you, so we all in this thing together. Am I right about it? Huh? So, Pastor Durham, we, we didn't date ourselves because actually the first time we met it was in 2006 when he was, uh, now I was going to say appointed, but y'all on a different system. <laughs> when you all voted him in, yeah, okay, y'all in autonomy, y'all get voted in, we get appointed, amen. But the main thing is the charge was made up in heaven and God ordained it. So we are grateful and we've known Pastor Dern down through the years. And when I was over pastoring in Burlington, Iowa, Galesburg, Illinois, and Quincy, uh, when I was traveling on the highway, there was a commercial, I think it was for an insurance company. And I kept hearing Zion Baptist Church and this pastor was on here talking about this insurance company. God, make sure you have some insurance. <laughs> Amen. I said, oh, that's my buddy. So <laughs> I couldn't wait to get over here. I said, <laughs> and then, uh, I get over here and then kind of see how he was hooked in the, in the community. And then my, my, at the time was my chairman of the trustee board. He, they frat brothers. I said, man, it's a small world. Brother Reed. So I know that's a blessing. I'm, I know he was going to come today over here, <laughs> but it's a, it's a blessing. It, they, they frat brothers. And I am grateful for our friendship, um, down through the years and in serving this community together, there is a great need. Amen. And I am so grateful and humbled to, to be here with you all to share on your special day that you honor your pastor, the man and woman of God, pastor and his family. Being a second, second generation pastor, I know the, the woes that pastors and their families go through, the things that people don't see. And uh, first ladies, my mom's been a first lady for over 40 years. And I got my own first lady, so she got to catch some stuff that, some residue sometimes that I bring home and I try not to. But I, I understand your plight and to whom much is given, much is required. And we just thank God for you. So we came by today to celebrate and encourage you, Pastor, and Zion Baptist Church. We love you. The Bethel family loves you. You know, a lot of people say they love you. But we can show you better than we can tell you. Am I right about it? And, and, and Pastor said, you know, we opened our door. That wasn't even a fourth law. I mean, that wasn't even, there was no question. Uh, as soon as we found out and I talked to our trustees, that's what we do. We fellowship in any way. Amen. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And we are one in the body of Christ. We're just in a different room now. But we worship the same God, true and the living God. And so as I was, um, after the invitation came, Pastor Dern, I called him. I said, well, hey, Doc, uh, you guys got a, a theme? And he said, hey, let the Holy Spirit use you. And I said, all right, because that's who's in charge. Amen. So I, I am grateful. I was able to share with you, um, I think it was in 2019, you celebrated your 13th anniversary. I was over here. 
I've, 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 I've uh, released a few pounds since then. I was looking at that suit. I said, I tried the jacket on. I was going to try to wear that thing. It was felt like a, a, a cover. I said, all right, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I, I said, I'm going to be all right today because I think the last time I was sweating, about to bust out the suit. I said, thank God for change and progress and transformation. Am I right about it? So we're trying to transform this community as well, and I'm so grateful. I, I promise you uh, two things. You're not going to fall asleep, and I ain't going to keep you all day. You say amen, and we can do what we got to do and get on out of here and, and, and worship together. But, but we will do what the Holy Spirit prompts us to do. Amen. I'm so grateful for the Bethel family. Amen. Choir. Pastor loves you and thank you. Musician, thank you. God is good. He knows what you need when you need it. He keeps on blessing us every time we turn around. He keeps on blessing us. Bethel family, wave your hand out there in the audience. Pastor, love you. Pastor, love you. Thank you. Amen. They thought it not a robbery to join us today. And it's good to be able to think outside of the box, Pastor Jones. So I am excited about this opportunity to share in your worship experience. Amen. There is a word from the Lord, and we were led to this passage, a very familiar passage of Scripture. And it comes from the 10th chapter of Paul's letter to the believers at Rome. Verses 14 through 17 will be our sermon text. And I know it's customary to stand on the reading of God's word. But before we do, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Anointing fall on me. Anointing fall on me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me. Anointing fall on me. Choir, help me out. Anointing fall on me. Anointing fall on me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me. Anointing fall on me. Father God, it's preaching time. It's time where Tyson Parks decrease in the manifestation of this. The true preacher, the power of Cletus, the one called alongside the aid, come forth. Hide me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. You are my strength, my rock, and my redeemer. And with that, every heart says, Amen. Amen. I invite your attention once again to Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 13 through 17 for context. For for whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to invite your attention back to verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I want to extrapolate from verse 15, and this is where we draw the title for this sermon. Feet that flourish proclaiming the gospel of peace. Feet that flourish proclaiming the gospel of peace. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Paul, the apostle, is considered the author of this epistle and it has been attributed to him. Paul was writing to the believers at Rome, which was comprised of both Jews and Gentiles. The authorship of this epistle has been contested, but many scholars believe that the apostle Paul wrote this epistle. And I, too, through study, uh, affirm that the apostle Paul wrote it as well. This has also been confirmed by many of the church fathers or apostolic fathers like Polycarp, Justin Martyr, Tertullian, Origen, and Irenaeus. Paul had a yearning in his heart for his fellow countrymen that they would receive Jesus as Lord. The previous chapter, Paul even said that he would wish himself to be a curse for his brethren to come into the knowledge of the truth. And I'm paraphrasing. Paul had a shepherd's heart because when you have the truth that can set bound people free, it weighs heavy on your heart. When you come into the knowledge of the truth, many of us have friends, family, and loved ones that are out of the ark of safety. Doesn't it press upon you the importance of them knowing Jesus? You know, that's one of the reasons why I get involved in the community. We're in the light. We're to be children of the light. But we got a world out there that is in darkness. Destitute of hope. And, you know, we, we have a responsibility. When we're converted, we're supposed to strengthen our brothers and sisters for the fact of that matter. And, you know, this message, it does weigh heavy on one's heart. It also can mess with your psyche. Cause I know early on, Pastor, when I first started pastoring, some of the folk wasn't receiving what I was putting out. And I said, Lord, is it me? They have you questioning if you really called. But when you put your trust in man, the armor flash will fail you every time. But if God calls you, he'll keep you. And Pastor, 16 years, I know there's been some bumps in the road. It's not all easy street. It's not all uh, peaches and cream. And y'all, y'all, 
I'm, I'm practical now. I'm, I'm talking simple terms. It's not all love, because all love and no truth is neglect. And all truth and no love is abuse. And as pastors, we got to find the middle ground. we got to compel the men and women of God to seek Jesus. That, that, that's who Paul is talking about when you read chapter 10 in its entirety. This thing goes back to the gospel. It goes back to the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. The Apostle Paul, many of you know, and when you, if you study, you know that the Apostle Paul was formerly a blasphemer. He was trying to figure it out. God had worked it out. He was trying to be righteous in it by his own means. Obeying the law, you know, doing church work in churchy things, but not having the right relationship with Jesus. But he met the Lord for himself on the Damascus Road. He had a conversion experience. And brothers and sisters, on this journey called life, in order for you to attain heaven, you have to experience a conversion. So that means the things I used to do, I don't do anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go anymore. There has to be a change of heart. The Apostle Paul used to put men and women in prison who claimed the name of Christ, and then God turned that thing around for him. And that account is in the Acts. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8 and 9, tells of Paul's conversion experience. I encourage you to read it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. I always tell them. But I'm not going to be up here leading you astray. But you need to read it for yourself. And the thing about it is, when he met the Lord on the Damascus Road, a change came about in his life. And now he is encouraging others. He's encouraging the church because he had a pastor's heart. Encouraging uh, his sons in the ministry, his son in the ministry. He also was encouraging the believers. And that's what pastors have a responsibility to do. Even sometimes when you don't feel like it. Even sometimes when we're tired. I'm not making excuses. But the load of ministry can be happy sometimes. Some folks that started out with us ain't always with you. I've been buked. I've been scorned. I've been talked about. But I thank God for them saints. Who say what they mean and mean what they say. And you know where you stand with them. That helps the pastor. Mm. It helps the pastor on this journey called life. It helps the pastor to flourish. Helps them to thrive. Because the text said, and the title to this was, Feet that flourish proclaiming the gospel of peace. See, the message of the gospel is so precious, and a pastor's job is to get it out to all who will receive it. Because you know the old, the old adage, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. You can give the truth, and it's the Holy Spirit's job. It's not our responsibility to make you receive it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to prick the heart of those who hear the truth. And, you know, this message, as I said, it is precious. It's life giving. It's the truth of the gospel. 
You know, there was a great homiletician and pulpiteer by the name of S.M. Lockridge who said it this way, because sometimes these are the type of people you got to deal with, Pastor. The four types of people, those who call him Lord and do not what he says. You know, they say one thing, but they're doing something else. Then there are those that neither call him Lord and do not what he says. Then there are those who do not call him Lord and do what he says. And then there are those who call him Lord and do what he says. I don't know which one you are, but I endeavor to be like Christ. I want to call him Lord and do what he says. Because you got to understand the church is a conglomerate of different attitudes, different status. But you got to make sure that you are obedient to God, not just saying it, but living it out. And we got, you know, in, in this contemporary age, we got some forward preachers and not just forward membership. We got some forward preachers. Pastor and I, uh, we talk, but we don't talk about we just we just watch fruit. I, I know I do because you can say anything, but your actions will speak louder than your words. And we have a responsibility to build up and to edify. People are watching us, Pastor. And I, and this is a little aside, but, you know, I, I was watching Pastor Duran, and this is part of the message, too, because we, we, we talk about prophetic preaching and, and living out the truth. Well, when we have those who are elected officials and they get off track, it's our responsibility as the church, especially in the black church, to speak truth to power. And I watched Pastor Durham go to that city council meeting, and he got to tuning up. He checked one. He checked the council. He checked them in a smooth way. It was all biblical. He didn't raise his voice. He didn't cuss. But I, mm, I heard it. And I know that's truth to power. Because if it's wrong, call it wrong. We got people dying in the street, and they fiddling over pennies. But they'll give millions away to people that don't even live in this community to invest here. That's disinvestment. So I thank God for y'all got a prophetic preacher that speaks truth to power and is living it out. That's what it's about. Because you cannot, and this is from Marvin McMichael's book, Caring People, Caring Pastor. You cannot live in a community and not address community concerns as a pastor. And we have that responsibility. That's why we're active in the community. It would behoove us to come in and just check a box, work nine to one, and never step foot outside of that church, and the community is dying. We will have to answer for that. So, Pastor, stay on the wall and keep working, doing the work of the church. It's a beautiful thing when you can see other brothers out there my circle is small, but I don't mind calling Pastor Dern because I know he'll get out there. We text back and forth. I say, this is what he said. It's not gossip, but you know what? By their own words, they condemn themselves. You castigating a whole group of people because you on easy street. Well, you know what? It's our responsibility to hold them accountable, just like we're supposed to do in the church. If we see a brother or sister stumbling, we can admonish them, godly admonishment. It's all right. 
Paul had a yearning in his heart for his fellow brothers and sisters, his fellow Jews, because they went off the wrong way. When he came into the knowledge of the truth, he wanted them to be converted. Brother, in my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they would be saved. They wanted to do it in their way. We cannot attain righteousness in our own power. It takes blood for that. It's the blood that Jesus shed for us. You know, I listen to some preachers. Yes, they can preach for 45 minutes and never mention the blood, the cross. Don't you know one day when I was lost that Jesus died on the cross? And I know it was the blood for me. I got accused in one of my old churches. They said, and I'm guilty as charged too. All he do is preach about Jesus. <laughs> All he do is preach about Jesus. The cross. The blood. Uh, there is no other gospel. Some people want to be philosophical. That's all right. I can pontificate with the best of them. But when it comes down at the end of the day, that's not going to save me. My superficial head knowledge, I'm talking about that which comes from the heart. And when you read the text, in the heart of man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, a confession is made unto salvation. And the Bible didn't say might be, didn't say maybe. The Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the name of the Lord, his name is Jesus. He's the righteous son of God. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and the morning star. He's the way maker. He's the word made flesh. And I love him because he first loved me. He picked me up. He turned me around. I had friends and loved ones turn their back on me. But God in the person of Christ is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There's been hard times in this journey. I'm not going to lie, but Bethel's been good to me. They've been real good to me. And Pastor, I know Zion has been good to you. This message of the gospel is to go out to a dead and dying world. Feet that flourish, proclaiming the gospel of peace. Be encouraged to continue to hold up the arms of your pastor. Come what way, storm clouds may rise. Bills may roll, but you got to know who anchors your soul. And your soul has got to be anchored in Jesus. Pastor Darren, stay in the race. Don't give up. Don't give out. Don't give in. He'll make a difference in your life. Just trust and obey. There is no other way because there is no other name given in heaven and in earth that man might be saved. But by the name of Jesus, keep preaching Jesus when they want to hear about it. Keep preaching Jesus when they don't want to hear about it. Be guilty as charged. All you need to do is preach Jesus. Jesus the Christ, the one who came from heaven to earth to show us the way. The one who came from the earth to the cross, the heart that he paid from the cross. 
to the grave, from the grave to the sky. That's who we lift on high. His name is Jesus. In the Old Testament, they call him El Shaddai. I call him El Yon, the exalted one. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he's coming back. I want to be ready. Do you want to be ready? He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. He's coming, he's coming. Don't get ready. Stay ready. And you will flourish. I thank God for me. I thank him for all that he's done. In this postmodern world, we got those who are struggling out there with addiction and affliction. But my brother, we know that that is because of systems that were in place to keep people degraded, to keep them oppressed. And we have a responsibility to take this message of hope. Dr. James Cone said it like this. There are, however, circumstances that work such destruction of oneself. Even this fundamental human drive is lacking. People under severe pressure can build up a devastating contempt of their own self. That's self-hate. And that's what our young people in this community are suffering from. Systems that have kept them at a permanent underclass. When you got 13 and 14 year old and 10 year olds that can't see the future. But we as the church have to take this hope out. And the reason why your feet will flourish. That word flourish. The King James says beautiful are the feet. But when you look it up in the original text, it's a Greek word called Herios, which means beautiful. Pastor, I know in your job or your bivocational, yes, you're a supervisor, but I'm telling you, beautiful are your feet because you're bringing hope to families. Continue to do that. Because the only Jesus that some of these people are going to see is the Jesus that they see in you. I know sometimes we just want to focus on one aspect of ministry. Trust me, I was there being bivocational. But Bethel has allowed me to be able to be light and dark because they understand God's call. Zion, support your pastor. And we're going to support each other because with Bethel and Zion, we can transform this community. Because that's what it's about at the end of the day. In order to flourish, we got to take this good news out to a dead and dying world. So be encouraged, Zion. Be encouraged, Bethel. The best is yet to come. I know we're celebrating the man of God, but y'all got some good food. Some things are going to change in this community because we got to take this gospel, this good news, the death, burial, and resurrection. Resurrection means there's life. The community might be dying, but when we take this gospel out, they shall live and not die. And we got to speak it over this community. Am I right about it? Are you with me? Continue to encourage the men and women of God. And let us continue to stay linked and yoke up together. Pastor Duran, I love you. God bless you. God keep you. And remember, 
feet that flourish proclaiming the gospel of peace. Don't change the message. Message change, but the message never does. And take it out with you, my brother. I love you, my brother. God bless you, and he'll keep you. Amen. Thank you, sir. Now, didn't your heart burn within you? Amen. Uh, the doors of the church are open. It's so good to be able to say that. So if anyone here uh, doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, feel free. We have the pastors here. We have the deacons who can also uh, talk to you and, and advise you. Uh, and those of you who are online, uh, you can reach out to us at zionpeoriabc.com. You can reach us there as well. Amen. Now's not the time to be on the sidelines, so join to a church if you're not joined to one. And we're now also we have an offering, and uh, as part of the offering, I'll just uh, go to the scripture. And I'm reading from 2 Corinthians 9. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a, those who give generous, cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Amen? Okay. The, uh, as, at your leisure, you can bring your offerings up to the uh, box and... Also, we have a basket over here for uh, cards for the pastor. Amen. Ushers, go ahead and direct.
All right, Pastor, we'll turn it over to you for remarks. So we planned on to do this a long time ago, but we didn't have any heat. <laughs> so when Zion was there, it worked out just in time. We came, that's when our heat went out. Uh, then y'all allowed us to, to prolong our stay, uh, have worship in the morning. Uh, but yeah, this may not be the last time, amen, uh, that we can continue to worship and fellowship together um, as one body in Christ. And uh, I thank Pastor Parks for his words of encouragement. That is right in church, we should not be ashamed of the gospel, uh, for it has the power to save. So, the more we are living vessels and weapons of our God, so that other people know the power of His truth, our lives are better. And I thank you, Pastor Parks, amen, for that word. Um, Zion and I paid for him a token of appreciation. I left in my seat, but I hope you thank you, Nancy, but thank you for allowing the Lord to use you in such an awesome and a powerful way. And then lastly, Zion, members, thank you for this weekend, celebrating 16 years of ministry and service. I'm totally humbled by that. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, putting up with me uh, these times. Uh, as Pastor Parr said, it hasn't always been easy. Uh, y'all, y'all watch me grow. Y'all watch me mature. And I appreciate that. Uh, y'all encouraged me to be better. Y'all helped me to continue my education and get my master's in divinity to help me become a better preacher, a better teacher, and help to serve this community. So I appreciate everything uh, that you have invested in me uh, to help me to be a better person, a better citizen, a better husband, a better father, a better preacher, a better pastor. And I thank you. And again, I, I stand here with the love and support of my family. So I thank my, my beautiful wife uh, and her support. And her leadership. Um, and my, 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 I see my rolling stick. All my family's here. Amen. And so I appreciate them. And so uh, they, 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 they know how I love church. They love church. And so I thank God that they continue to come. Amen. They, they grow like I did. Grow up in the church and love Jesus. Amen. Amen. So thank you all so much. Thank you for those who join us online. Amen. Because I'm gonna, we're going to end the live worship streaming services. So we will, we will continue on here. Those in person. Amen. Thank you all so much.